following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 835 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined by your other host, lovely, talented, scholarly, Brittany Page. You'd think by now, what what number episode is this? 835. You'd think that by now <laughs> we would have a situation where... <laughs> Why are you, like, cry laughing right now? <laughs> we would have a situation where... You are not having your microphone on an Amazon box. Yeah, this is and fucked. I- it's fucked. <laughs> you know why it's fucked? Because you are a YouTuber now. And our once oh dedicated plug-and-play podcast studio is no longer that. <laughs> yeah. Like our boom arms aren't even here. Because mm-hmm. we did the live stream for the election. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Literally, and I have to balance my arm on the goddamn box like it's an armrest for fear that the microphone topple over into my lap. Okay. That's why you're cry laughing? Yes, because this is... My pain amuses you. No, it's... You also know, what what do I say? The bane of my existence. Cords. Fucking cords and cables. And I, this is this whole entire room, and I'm not even like a cable management psychopath. This room is a fucking nightmare to me. Walking in here Mm -hmm. is existential dread. Yeah. So things are very chaotic here right now because we. It's all the fuck we need. I mean, let's just pull the cancer card, right? That's something that we can do because this is related to cancer. Yeah, Everything for has sure. been kind of a whirlwind since your cancer diagnosis because what it's been like a month and a half since the diagnosis. No, it's approaching two months because you had your colonoscopy, I think, on yeah, the 19th. Yeah, almost two months. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Crazy that we went from, oh, fuck, I might die mm-hmm. to where we are now, which we're getting ready to give the news. Spoiler alert, not going to die, or at least not anytime soon. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to die, everybody. It's going to fucking happen. Not from colon cancer right now. I'm glad you add the right now. (laughs) It may be from colon cancer in the future when there's a reoccurrence. Yeah. If there's a reoccurrence. Okay, so we we will talk about that, but things have been a little chaotic, so thank you for hanging in there with us while we work through that. Have you subscribed to Brittany's YouTube channel? I mean, really, that's... That's the only thing that will be a bright spot on the hellscape of cords that I'm currently resting in. It is like a bird's nest. I'm like a little, a little eaglet, a little, a little birdie mm-hmm. who's just surrounded in the warmth and comfort, not of goose down, not of goose down, of microphone cables, laptop power cords, USB cords, just strewn about all over. Yeah, it's for sure a mess in here. One of my goals for this week will be to organize the room and ensure that things are a little bit smoother from here on out. Okay, let's get to 
you had your appointment with the oncologist yesterday. Your well, let's your... give let's give a, just a brief recap. Um, I was born in Idaho. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, was diagnosed with cancer, like we said, about two months ago, September nineteenth. Um, on October nineteenth, I had surgery to remove about a third of my colon, and they thought they got everything. There was twenty five. Lymph nodes that they ended up being non-cancerous, but they got the giant section with my T3 tumor out of a scale of four. So it was a honker in there. <laughs> and uh, here we are. The, I, my, my surgeon referred me to an oncologist to find out whether a specialist, an expert in that particular specialty of medicine, thought I needed chemo. So that lands us on where we are now. I had that appointment yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's why we waited to do the show so we'd have some news. Mm-hmm. News. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Yes. Ready to go. So the short answer is that you do not need chemotherapy, according to the oncologist. And this... <laughs> yes, congratulations. I'm this teasing. is based on your particular genetic mutation. Your specific cells, your genetic makeup have certain characteristics that make them a lower risk for reoccurring cancer. And if Brittany sounds like she's reading, it's because throughout this entire debacle, we'll call it, uh, Brittany has taken copious notes and been fastidious in chronicling what's going on because I'm, I guess, just a dumb fuck who who doesn't have that in him. Well, as I bang my microphone you ha- around. Well, it's on an Amazon box. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. I can't. I can't with this, seriously. Okay, so this means that you have half the risk of reoccurrence compared to other Patients that have your type of cancer in your particular stage, which is stage two. Stage 2A. And, by the way, but I still have, not by the way, but I still have a 15% chance of reoccurrence. Yes. So let's not go with stage A because that was something that I Googled. Let's go with Just the stage two. Stage, yes, okay. stage two. <laughs> we don't need to talk about what I Googled over <laughs> what other doctors have said. So you have half the risk of reoccurrence, which is a 15% risk of reoccurrence. So at this stage, your oncologist, the expert, believes that chemo doesn't necessarily add anything to helping you. What has been recommended is that you're going to continue to get um, frequent blood tests over the next year, which tests for a specific thing related to tumors. Yeah, it's called CEA. CEA. Yeah. And then you will need to get a colonoscopy before the one-year mark or at the one-year mark of My last. when you had your last colonoscopy. Yeah. And you may be getting those more frequently depending on how that goes or less frequently depending on how that goes. We also found out, unless I want to talk about the polyp that was precancerous that they found, that they yes. no one really talked about. We had to read it in lab results. Well, no one cared about that because, again, you had a T3 yeah. <laughs> mass yeah. that they had to get on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean... Of all the priorities, yeah, it was the cancer. But you did have a polyp that was removed during your colonoscopy from your rectum, and it was a tubular adenoma. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was precancerous. That was yeah. a precancerous polyp that was removed. And you've actually been hearing from people that have because of your situation, scheduled colonoscopies, whether they're at the 45 
age mark or they're past it and they've just been putting off their colonoscopy. And you've heard from people that have gone to complete their colonoscopy who had polyps removed. Already who have scheduled, gotten it, and Mm -hmm. had polyps removed. So, I mean, that really is the takeaway here. It's, It's not really, hey, I'm fine. I mean, that's a great takeaway for me personally. It doesn't do anything for anybody else. Go fucking get yourself checked. Quit. If you're one of these people, if you're one of these fucking just common, you're just a common dude who's, ah, nobody's going to touch my butthole. That's a, that's an exit, not an entrance. Shut the fuck up and go get yourself tested. If you think you're such a tough guy, you're not being a tough guy. A tough guy uh, pre- prevents their early death and departure from this world, leaving their family in fucking shambles. All you do is drink some goo. It makes you shit a bunch. You clear out your colon. You go in. They put you to sleep. They shove a camera in your asshole. You don't even know what's going on. Just go fucking do it. So, and then when you do, give me credit for saving your life. Yes. So the they're going to run more tests on the mass that was found to determine whether or not this particular mutation is a familial gene. Yeah. And this is some sort of familial cancer. Um, like Lynch syndrome, I think they call it. Something, yeah. I mean, I, this part got a little above my head, above my pay grade, because we were talking to an oncologist. So some of my notes are just kind of question marks and <laughs> scribbles. So he's going to send out more tests to determine if this is a genetic cancer, basically. Yeah. And... We asked, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but we talked to the surgeon about dietary and lifestyle changes, and we also talked to the oncologist about recommended lifestyle and dietary changes. And when we talked to the surgeon, the first thing that she went to is smoked meats. Yeah, which... It's very interesting that that was the first thing. She's like, well, avoid smoked meats. And we're like, okay, we have a smoker. Right. We own a Traeger. (laughs) Yeah. And she looked at us like... She did not understand what we were saying. Like, you have a what? (laughs) Yeah, she looked at us as though we had, like, just kicked a bag of puppies off of a bridge onto the rocks beneath. I mean, it was horror. Yes, like, you have the thing that puts the cancer in the foods. (laughs) What are are you doing? (laughs) And she said particularly blackened meats is, is a problem as well. Like brisket. Yes, or eat, or like Donald Trump eating well done steak, for example. Yeah, I would exactly. Yeah. No, no, that's true. Yeah. Yes. So we are getting rid of the smoker. <laughs> we don't necessarily need to own it. Don't necessarily need to cut out delicious brisket altogether. It's just maybe don't have the smoking device. I, I wouldn't even say eat it in moderation. It's just very rarely on on special occasions, like if we take a trip to Austin. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Franklin Barbecue or whatever. Yes. And listen, of course, they don't know what the recipe is to to avoid something like this. Donald Trump has been eating well-done steak since since his birth, and he doesn't yeah, have that, colon cancer as far as we know. So He just looks like he's ready to die. He just continues in perpetuity in his corpse-like state. Yeah, so of course they, they talk about the other things, you know, avoiding... Um, Cigarettes, smoking, avoiding alcohol, yeah, yeah. avoiding red meat in general. And specifically, the the oncologist talked about nutrition as number one. Again, he didn't specifically talk about smoked meats, but he said, you know, you don't necessarily need to be a vegetarian, but you do want to think about reducing your meat intake and increasing some of that plant-based diet. And then 
alcohol was the second one that he brought up as well. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, higher alcohol equals higher risk of cancer. And that's across the board for cancer in general, not just colon cancer. So those are things that if you have been following this journey and you're curious, like what the recommendations were, those were some of the recommendations. Yeah. So my relationship with alcohol is going to be re-examined or it's in the process of being re-examined. Um, I'm not a, a heavy, heavy drinker, but certainly probably drink more than I should. Um, enjoy uh, a glass of whiskey. And, you know, I'm not going to stop drinking, but I'm certainly going to uh, live my life in the future with a diminished amount of booze being poured down my gullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> that that is wise. I, I do want to say. What's not helpful is to have strangers uh, saying, oh, well, it's time to make some changes, Jesse. That oh, is yeah. not something that we appreciate. So. You know what I love? <laughs> and people mean well. I, I wanna, I'll preface it. Every, no, no, it doesn't matter because everyone's going to take it as they want to take it. But I don't know how many fucking times I've seen somebody say, I told you so. Yikes. Not, I told you so you were going to get cancer. I told you so you're going to be fine. Oh, that's nice. Like, based on what fucking information did you have? You knew I was going to be fine. You're not in the room talking to my doctor. Well, that would have been nice to have as a reminder when we're, like, crying and grieving. (laughs) And (laughs) People have been, um, and seriously, people have been overwhelmingly kind and considerate. We have gotten stacks of cards to the P.O. box, um, gifts. Uh, from people. I mean, I've got, we could talk about this right now, a, a little ornament of a little marine bear from <laughs> from Elfman Jack. Awesome. In in Tacoma, in Washington. Uh-huh. And, and it's, a, it's a cute little deal. It is very cute. It makes me want to go put the fucking tree up right now. Exactly. I was going to say, I converted you into a Christmas tree aficionado, and yeah, I took it a little too far. And... <laughs> <laughs> this happened last year. Well, I guess we can break the news now. I'm on the cover of Christmas Tree Aficionado <laughs> magazine this month. Yeah. In celebration of the holiday. <laughs> yeah. I'm not as funny as you having your microphone on an Amazon box, but it was close. So I... Wheatily <laughs> D. While we're talking about gifts that we got to the P.O. box, we should give a shout out to Sean, it looks like. Sean, that... He sends us Velo Towel Gear, which is a company that makes some Peloton gear. And knowing that we have a Peloton and that I like the Peloton has kept us with uh, towels that cover for protecting against the sweat on the surface. I think this is his company. Yeah, and now a new product that they're rolling out, and this is the note. Firstly, I want to wish Jesse a speedy recovery. Usually, you are the best part, but in this case, you're both stars. Take care of the big guy. Enclosed is our new product, Velo Sandal. Enjoy, Sean. And what this is is, you know, Peloton is a cycling bike, and so you wear cycling shoes that clip in. And when you try to walk around your house, you're facing a certain death. And it is <laughs> it's, certain death. It's quite dangerous. And so what these Not a possible death, everybody. Certain death. Exactly. And so what these are is you clip into them. They're little foam yeah, almost they look like, like a, a shoe insert. Yeah. Almost like a shoe insert and you Or put, like a flip flop. So a shoe insert and then you <laughs> 
and then you you clip into these sandals, and you can Jesus safely God. you can safely walk around your home. Yeah, it, it diminishes the risk of imminent certain death. It actually eliminates the it risk eliminates of death. It. Yeah. So, yeah. Sean, if you want me to do a commercial for you, I feel like I have performed well here, and you can have this commercial for free. So it's a really the moral of the story, everybody, is if you if you like gifts, yes, go get cancer because people are real fucking nice. That's, I think that's the takeaway. No? So maybe I should increase my intake of alcohol and uh, smoked meats yeah. for the next round of gift giving. Yeah, just keep the smoker. Let's start smoking all the foods. <laughs> all the various types of foods. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, we love you guys. We appreciate all your support through this nightmare of a situation that I never thought I was going to be facing. Yeah. But it was made a little easier. With the audience and your your love and affection and, and devotion and loyalty and concern for whether the fuck I lived or died. That was uh, super cool of you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And hopefully we can keep that Amazon box standing for the remainder of the show. Ugh. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via patreon your support on patreon for as little as two dollars a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time if you have a few dollars to spare each month we invite you to help produce the show by joining the patreon family please visit patreon.com slash i doubt it podcast we want to give a shout out to our new patreon supporters john j i john j i michael r michael r kara kara and Barbara B. Barbara B. Thank you so very much for your support on Patreon. Remember, if you become a Patreon by the end of the year and are still a Patreon at the end of the year, Patreon supporter at the end of the year, you will receive our end of year gift. And it may be a little late, may come out a little past the end of the year. We don't know if you know, but uh, I got cancer. Yeah. And so a lot of shit is delayed. We haven't gotten a finalized design, but we know what it is. We know what we want, and it's going to be great. Yes. So if you want to get in on that. I think, I think, Brittany Page, mm -hmm. going out on a limb here, okay. I think it's better than last year's. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So look out for that. The Two years ago, it was a sticker. Uh, last year, it was a magnet. And so... It will not be a sticker or a magnet because every year we get creative with what it will be. So that's a little hint for you. You won't be expecting a sticker or a magnet. It will be something else. Very exciting. Yeah. So thank you for your support on Patreon. We appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for emailing. Thank you for commenting, liking, all of the things that you do to support us. And we could not do this without you. So thank you. Yeah. We love you guys. Uh, really, all the jokes and whatever, um, your listenership and, and concern for us has been off the charts, and we, we love and appreciate every single one of you. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we are still awaiting the results. Republicans are one seat away from capturing the majority in the House. They have 217 seats right now, I believe. And that is as of this recording. So things could change 
after we record this very soon and will likely change. And of course, Donald Trump is preparing his 2024 announcement for today to run for president again. So what has been exciting about this, as we know, the Democrats have the majority in the Senate. They won the majority in the Senate and they're without Raphael Warnock. Yeah, because that's going to a runoff. And if you live in Georgia, it is very important. Exceedingly important. Please vote for Raphael Warnock just because we have the majority in the Senate does not mean that we don't need him. We need him, especially if you don't want to have to worry about Kristen Sinema or Joe Manchin anymore. Or as much. As much, exactly. And so make sure that you are very engaged in that election runoff. You're talking to people who live in Georgia. You're trying to get people to show up and ensure that they vote because something that may happen here is that the Republicans may think, you know what, this isn't as important because we we were only voting for Herschel Walker because we wanted the majority. We don't really like him. Yeah, I think a lot of people know he's a dumb fuck. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think a lot of people know, even Republicans. But the only reason, like, you know, a la Dana Lash, the NRA ghoul. Right. She's like, I don't fucking care if he paid for a bunch of abortions. I don't fucking care. What I care about is the Senate. I care about power. Right. I think a lot of Republicans had that idea. And exit polls show that, that they were voting for Herschel Walker because they wanted the majority in the Senate, not necessarily because they liked him as a candidate. Right. And so if Republicans decide not to show up for him... That will make things easier, but that doesn't mean that you don't show up. You still need to show up. So we need Raphael Warnock in the Senate. Not only should you show up, you should find someone who didn't vote in the midterm and get them to show up, too. Mm -hmm. We need uh, an all-out, I was going to say assault, but that's, I don't like using that language, surrounding our democracy. Uh, We we need need, uh, all hands on deck Mm -hmm. uh, for this this, uh, runoff election, Mm -hmm. because... Uh, just to briefly explain, there are certain states in the union where you have to get 50% or more of the vote. And if you don't, then it goes to runoff. Louisiana is another state like that. So. Yeah. So what's exciting about all of this is that the red wave never materialized. Yeah. And things went better than expected for Democrats. And Republicans are losing it. They don't know what to do. (laughs) Ted Cruz is mad at Mitch McConnell. He's going off in interviews. You have Republicans that are just, they're looking for who to blame for this. Josh Hawley came out directly on the news and said he's not supporting Mitch McConnell to be majority leader. Mm -hmm. Which, for Republicans, I mean, if you're looking at it just as as a calling balls and strikes and who's effective and as a tactician... It's a dumb fuck move to get rid of Mitch McConnell. He is a goddamn Senate goblin. He knows the rules more than anybody and has been fucking effective uh, in implementing the Republican agenda, which is bad for democracy. I'm not saying he's great, but he's great at what he does. Right. So in the face of the Republicans failing to get the Senate majority, they are trying to figure out who's to blame. Today, the GOP grappling with the reality they didn't anticipate. Failure to capture the Senate majority. Republicans assigning blame. Candidate quality matters. Um, You know, there's a a sense of extremism that I think a lot of Republicans were painted with. Are we going to be the party of, you know, Donald Trump? Whatever is good for me is good for all of you, whether you think it is or it isn't. Are we going to be the party to try to represent the rest of the country? Thank you for the endorsement. 
Some Republicans directly accusing the former president of hurting the party's chances by endorsing weaker candidates in key races like Pennsylvania and Arizona. It's basically the third election in a row that Donald Trump has cost us uh, the race. And it's like, you know, three strikes, you're out. It sounds like you just blame Donald Trump for the law for for the Senate, at least. Is that fair? No, I'm I'm looking at it empirically. Those that were most closely aligned with the past, those are the ones that underperformed. Exit polling conducted for NBC News shows the former president did have an impact. 28% of voters said they cast their votes based on their opposition to Donald Trump. And in battleground states, almost all candidates who denied the 2020 election results lost, including secretaries of state candidates in Nevada and Arizona. And Kerry Lake, a close Trump ally, still trails in the race for governor in Arizona. Senate Republicans, however, are focusing on leader Mitch McConnell, questioning whether the party should rush to elect him leader again this week. The former president weighing in, too. No, I'm not a fan of McConnell. But so far, no one has challenged McConnell for the seat. We're still unpacking what happened last Tuesday, trying to figure out where our party goes from here. And and, and Vaughn's with me now. Vaughn, Arizona election officials are still tabulating ballots. We can see them right there behind you. In fact, uh, what's the latest on that close governor's race? Okay, that's right. We're anticipating more results to be released here later tonight. But all of this is happening as former President Trump prepares to announce his 2024 White House run just 48 hours from now. Kate? So Carrie Lake lost. That's official. Katie Hobbs won the election in Arizona for governor. So Carrie Lake, who knows what she's going to do now, complain that the election was rigged because she lost. And she was waiting for those votes to be counted this whole time, by the way. She's like, let's count those votes. Let's keep let's keep it going. (laughs) I think uh, I've heard from credible sources that she's going to go into the soft filter lens business. Oh, and have her own Carrie Lake. Uh, branded uh, soft filter lights. I mean, good, because <laughs> whatever she's doing, she looks nice under that filter. And Does she? I, maybe it's the only compliment that I will give Carrie Lake. <laughs> so I'm glad that that happened. Also, Mark Fincham, the he was running for Secretary of State the in Arizona. Yeah, he was at the insurrection. He believed the election was stolen. He lost as well. So it is fantastic that these, these election deniers largely were losing their elections. Some election deniers did get elected, though, and and that is still concerning. What's interesting to me is what's going to happen with the Republican Party here, because you're starting to see people break away from Donald Trump. You're starting to see people openly criticize Donald Trump, not because of racism, not because of the insurrection, right. not because of his fascist impulses, but because he's he's a loser now. He's yeah. losing elections. And they're like, wait, we need power and we will go to whoever it is that has the power, regardless of their values, regardless of their principles, regardless of what yeah. they have to offer. I saw some tweet today where somebody said, Ron DeSantis is the leader of the Republican Party. Just, some fucking governor's the leader of the party. Yeah. Uh, it's really, they are, they yearn to have their fucking a boot on their neck. They fucking love it. Well, and remember when Chris Christie was going to be the standard bearer yeah. for the Republican Party and and he was polling so well. I think that was back in 2016, maybe. Yeah, remember he won his gubernatorial election, his governor race, by a similar margin to Ron DeSantis, who won like by 20 points or something. Right, right. So, yes, Ron DeSantis is popular right with, now. with Republicans right now. Donald Trump is still more popular with Republicans. And I'm I'm interested to see where this goes because as we know, two thirds of Republicans believe the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. So 
where is the Republican Party going to go when the majority of them believe what Donald Trump is saying and the Republican Party is trying to move away from the election deniers and Donald Trump because that's not winning elections? It's, it's a losing position to have, but Donald Trump insists that they continue with it. Yeah, so it's very exciting. But what <laughs> <laughs> what kicked this all off is... The Fox News commentators reacting to these losses, because remember, in the days leading up to the midterm election, it was red wave, it was red tsunami, and then the results started coming in, and they did not know what to make of this. And we'll start with our favorite, Ainsley Earhart. What about the majority? I'm so tired of protecting the minority. She didn't even have anything to offer as far as analysis. She just started asking, how do you explain this? And so progressive, uh, people are just dug in. They're dug in really deep right now. And uh, like John Fetterman, you're talking about? Absolutely. He is so extreme. Wants to open up a third of the prisons. Doesn't frack. Yeah, exactly. And lied about it. How about Mandela Barnes? I mean, he wants to open 50 percent of the of the prisons. Right. He's trailing. And he's running against uh, that. I couldn't get to the pause button quick enough. <laughs> he wants to open up a third of the prison. He doesn't frack. <laughs> That's extreme. He doesn't frack. Oh, my God. Fucking beady-eyed Brian Kilmeade. Ron Johnson, but it's still it's still tight. But how do you explain this country now, Brian, to your point? I mean, we have open borders, record gas prices. Inflation is the worst in 40 right. years. The president's approval ratings are so bad. Worst crime since the 1980s. And yet, I heard last night, this is an indictment on the Republican Party. Is well, it? I mean, why? how are these, these issues, when our country is in such a bad state right now, how is this not a red wave? Well, somebody explain this to me. You guys, what is happening? I'm Ainsley Earhart and I'm really confused. Amazing. I love this clip. Guys, get ready because we're going to have some fun with these clips. This this is what happened on Fox News. They That's did, what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. They did not know what to do. Yeah. They did not know what to do. And instead of using this as an opportunity for introspection and thinking about why it is that people were not voting for Republicans based on what they're focused on. They just sat there confused about why people don't care about the same things that they talk about constantly on Fox News. Like, how is that not winning people over? How are we not successful in scaring everyone to death? Our propaganda is not working. Exactly. Well, it wasn't even though, I mean, they had like Jim Messina on, who's a former Obama Biden campaign manager, I believe, in 2012. Mm -hmm. And he went on Fox News and he was given reasons why, but it was, there must be something in the water over there at Fox News that lets even a Democrat, someone who's on the team, speak so shitty about women. You had the best example. Michigan, unbelievable. State House flips, state Senate flips. Six months ago, you would have written Whitmer off pre-Dobbs. She wins handily. Um, in five states had abortion referendums, including my home state of Montana. All of them passed. I mean, this abortion is becoming the issue that's driving turnout. Last night, exit polls, you guys talked about it earlier. Democrats win independence in a non-presidential year. Just no poll saw that coming. And it was because these women just went crazy. It's the women. They went crazy and <laughs> fucking hysterical broads. Yeah, uh, I think they just don't want to die in 
childbirth. They don't want to die because they are forced to carry a non-viable fetus or that a doctor the, will not terminate. Or the fetus that was put there by a rapist. Yeah, I mean, come, come on. on. Any myriad of reasons that are completely legitimate that do not lead you to believe that someone is going crazy. So, so Jim Messina, I mean, fuck, fuck right the fuck off. So Jesse Waters, of course, another one of my favorite dum-dums over at Fox News. <laughs> Dum-dum, your word. But he is so toxic and the worst. And for my... You know, some people just have not been punched in the fucking face enough. I, I, I just, I hate to go there, but him... Donald Trump Jr., there's a few of them, and he's one of them for sure. Well, and I have uh, a TikTok now, and from my time subbing for you, my TikToks are up, and people really love my Buckley Carlson TikToks. And and today, my Jesse Waters TikTok has been popping off. So maybe there's just something in the water with people hating Jesse Waters today. And it might be. In the water. It, waters oh and it might be because of his various rants including that he is very unhappy that that women are single also single women are breaking for democrats by 30 points and this makes sense when you think about how democrat policies are designed to keep women single but once women get married they vote republican Married women, married men, go for Republicans by double digits. But single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats. So we need these ladies to get married. And it's time to fall in love and just settle down. Guys, go put a ring on it. Just what a classic case of correlation is not causation, you fucking mook. Like all, all of a sudden, a woman, a single lady gets married. She's not ma- single anymore. Boop. She's a Republican. What? Well, I would also say that his comment about policies, the Democratic policies are designed to keep women single. I don't specifically know what he's talking about there, but I think he may be conflating single with independent. There may be policies that allow women to have more financial mm. independence from men, for example. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, for example, abortion. Abortion is an important topic when it comes to this because if abortion is banned in the state that you live in and you are in a financially precarious situation and you get pregnant and let's say you're in an abusive relationship, you may you may not be able to terminate that pregnancy because you can't travel out of state because there's an abortion ban in your state and that may make it more difficult for you to escape the abusive relationship, for yeah. example. So this, this is... I mean, pretty clear why Jesse Waters, why Republicans would take this argument and say women need to get married because our policies are better for keeping women down. <laughs> I mean, not that not that marriage keeps women down, but it's almost the argument that he's making that yeah. we can stifle independence. We can stifle growth if only they get married and start voting conservative and they are controlled. I mean, it, it all seems to be relatively connected. Well, I mean, it's it's a, along the same lines of what Christopher Hitchens used to say that the the freedom, you know, equal rights, um, the largest predictor of whether a woman is going to be successful in her life or have um, is bodily autonomy, control over her reproductive cycle, mm-hmm. and it's the opposite side of that coin that Fox News is rattling on about. Right, and he continued his midterm meltdown on the five. 
bunch more House Republicans are going to come in through the West Coast. You think this is going to be a nail biter? They're going to have the House. It's not going to be the biggest margin of all time. It's going to be bigger than they say it is right now. Yeah. But this was a red wave. If you're looking at in Florida, Stacey's no longer with us. She's going to go back to writing erotic novels. <laughs> Abbott won. Beto, bye bye. Find another office to run. I- There's just not the hatred for Joe Biden that there is for Barack Obama and for the Clintons. There's not a hate Biden vote that's out there. You know when you go with Trump's on the ballot, there's that hate Trump Democrat vote. People just don't feel the same passion against the guy that they also Maybe feel he's just for other really people. Nice guy. And we have a problem demographically. Single women are voting for Democrats by 30 points. 37. 37 points. Yeah. And in urban America, they're cleaning our clocks in the cities. Cleaning our clocks. I'm not saying anything nefarious is going on, but they are cleaning our clocks in the cities and we're giving it away. And the fact that these youth voters are coming in so strong on an off year is very concerning. It looks like they've been brainwashed. This new generation is totally brainwashed because a lot of these single women are vote 37 spreads for Democrats are teaching all of our younger generation in these schools and they're polluting their minds and then they grow up and then they're in their 20s and then they vote for leftists. Where are we? We are. We are coming to you for your reactions of anything you I don't want know. to say. I, I, I can't get wrapped up in this. I don't see what the problem is. I didn't need a red He didn't need a red wave. Greg Gutfeld didn't need a red wave, guys. He didn't even want Republicans to win. He doesn't need that. I care about this. Yeah, so Jesse Waters believes that. That seriously was a rant. He was going down a fucking conspiracy rabbit hole right there. Oh, yeah, talking about how people are brainwashed. But I want to go back to his argument about how people just don't hate Joe Biden. I think this gives us a glimpse into where his head's at, that for him... It is about the personality of a candidate, not what the actual party is doing for people. And this is this is the consistent failure that you see with Ainsley Earhart, with Jesse Waters, Judge Janine Shapiro. All these commentators are failing to understand what it is about the Democratic Party, what they do right for young people, yeah. for women, for the demographics that they're talking about. They don't about. do it all the way right. They don't do it all the way right. They don't go far enough, but they... If you're comparing the two viable choices between Republican and Democrat, right. they're doing a lot. And that is improving the conditions that that people have to suffer in, improving their yeah. lives. And this should be a lesson for Democrats. It, they, they broke with historical trends. The historical trend was showing that the party that is out of power was favored to win the midterms. Republicans were favored to win because to, they are not the ones in power. Too. And, and dominate. to dominate. That's the historical trend. When inflation is so high, when there are all these concerns about the economy, they broke that historical trend. Yeah. And we don't know why. We don't know why. It could be that Roe got overturned and people were mobilized because of abortion, right? I think it's that could several play a role. disparate factors that culminated in what took place on election night. Right. It could be the fears of democracy and wanting to protect democracy. It could be the few things that Democrats did to improve people's lives, including the student loan debt forgiveness, which is on hold. Didn't talk about it enough. Didn't talk about it enough. The The checks that went out during the COVID-19, the American Rescue Plan. Yeah, certainly didn't talk about it enough. Uh, the free school lunch policies that are now ended, but you know, were in place for a long time. The, these things that actually improve people's lives when they are struggling financially, that they know that the Democrats did. More of that is going to 
continue to cause meltdowns with Fox News commentators. What's really strange about it is it, it really paints a clear delineation between how they look at things and how we look at things. They they think you need to fly a fucking Trump flag or a flag with Trump photoshopped on Rambo's body standing on a tank. For them, that's politics. For us, it is what can our people, our leaders do, political leaders do to improve our lot in life, to improve collectively the situation and lead us to to progress. Absolutely. And they don't look at it like that. It's, yeah. It is a popularity contest like it's a junior high a student body election. Right. And Judge Janine Shapiro talked about this too. She finally kind of went into some of the issues, but again, was still just bewildered and not understanding how anyone could possibly care about anything other than what she cares about. I think what what is what is really disturbing though is the fact that most of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. 75%. 75, some said 80%. Mm-hmm. And yet so many people voted on issues that weren't the issues we thought they were voting on. We thought it was all about the economy, inflation, and crime. But as Jessica, I'm sure, will say, it was a lot about abortion. It was a lot about the threat to democracy. And even in spite of that, I think Republicans did very well. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin McCarthy is to be saluted for you know a, a, a mission that he's been on for many years. His mission to become speaker. <laughs> <laughs> what is she talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's it's very exciting. They actually did really well. Are, are you hearing that now? I mean, in the midst of all of these rants and the meltdowns, they're actually trying to say they did pretty good. Uh, she's she's 15 seconds away from saying, actually, it was a red wave. We <laughs> fucking crushed it, y'all. Yeah, well, some of the Fox News commentators decided to be more honest, including one on Outnumbered that specifically said that they have written an open letter to Donald Trump begging him not to run again. A great points made here. There's no question. But some of the Trump-backed candidates really struggled, and some of it had to do with the election denialism. I wrote an open letter to Donald Trump this morning on my Substack. that, sorry, Kaylee, it says, please, Mr. President, don't run again. I, I you don't feel have to strong- apologize to me. To be clear, I haven't declared I'm voting for any one person. I'm just in respect to your service to the country. Uh, That's all the only reason I say it. So, but aside from that, the day after the election, I tweeted out, it's abortion, stupid. And the reason is that so many young people were motivated and scared by the overturning. Legally, the overturning of Roe v. Wade was correct. But what the politicians made out of it and the hay that they made really inspired, I'm telling you this, really inspired a lot of voters. I live in Minnesota. The gubernatorial race came down to just attacking the Republican because he had said he wants to ban abortion. Take the word ban out of this. We can sit down and have an intellectual conversation about the continuum of life from, you know, conception to to the end of a term and figure out what makes sense. But when you start start telling people you want to ban abortion, you are now alienating a big chunk of conservatives who would otherwise vote for Let me say one thing. This is Michelle Tafoya, a former sports reporter, I guess, who sometimes appears on Outnumbered. And this was a, a take where she's specifically saying, Donald Trump, do not run again. One of the first people that I saw come out and specifically say this about Donald Trump, more Republicans have since followed suit, and there has been increased scrutiny 
on the Republican Party, unlike Judge Jeanine praising Kevin McCarthy for his uh, wonderful work that he's been doing and his great successes. Yeah, there were a few, a few, very few, actually. But, but because it's so rare for someone to come out against Donald Trump, who's a Republican, uh, it, it, it seems like a lot. Like Mo Brooks, who says that it would be a mistake because he's crude and all of these different things. It's because Donald Trump treated him personally poorly. Mm-hmm. Candace Owens, the same thing. She told a little a little vignette of a story of how he offended her, how he was rude. Oh, so rude to me. Personally rude. And that's when she realized he was cruel and mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is, they're not turning on Donald Trump for the right reason. Right. It's because of a personal affront or, like we've been talking about, the fact that they're starting to lose now. Right, and they want the power. Yeah. One Republican that is coming out and actually calling for introspection within the Republican Party is Mark Thiessen, a former White House director of speech writing, worked for George W. Bush, worked for Donald Rumsfeld, and he's specifically saying that, that these election results are a searing indictment of the Republican Party. About this. We have the worst inflation in four decades, the worst collapse in real wages in 40 years, the worst crime wave since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in U.S. history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened and there wasn't a red wave. That is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. That is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. They looked at all of that and said and looked at the Republican alternative and said, no, thanks. That is, that is a re- the Republican Party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror right now because this is this is an absolute disaster for the Republican Party and we need to turn back. We need to start. We need to look at who won today: Ron DeSantis, DeWine, uh, the, these go- these governors, Kemp. Kemp, Abbott, Abbott. You know, look at these governors. This is the path mm-hmm. to the future. At electing these these these. And, you know, these these radical candidates who who ran far behind them has put the Republican Party in a terrible position. And voters have left an indictment, have have indicted the Republican Party. The governors he named are either Trump bootlickers or fascists themselves. Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, Mike DeWine from Ohio is about as sycophantic as it gets. And then you need to parse out what he's saying there. He's naming problems that exist while Repping a party that doesn't want those issues talked about mm-hmm. or, or fixed. Like he's talking about the collapse of real wages while being in a party that does everything they can to stop wages from going up because they they want to back the the interests of big business. Right. They're against the minimum wage. I mean, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very disturbing that the only reason you hear any Republicans at all talking about a need for introspection is that they lost because they would have continued this. If Donald Trump was successful with his candidates, if Carrie Lake had won this election, if Herschel Walker won the election, they would be headed in that direction, full force election denial, full force zero important critical issues and just talking about whatever pisses Donald Trump off that day. Well, the other thing is relative to the issues is they never take a step back and say, huh, maybe our policies aren't what America wants. Mm -hmm. 
And I think they know that, and that's why they attach on the culture war shit and the election denialism. Right. It's because their policies are wildly unpopular. Yes. I mean, he's talking about, again, the collapse of real wages. And what did Donald Trump do but give trillions of dollars in tax cuts to major corporations who did stock buybacks? They didn't pay their people more. Right. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you know, things are going well when you have Republican senators like Bill Cassidy going on Meet the Press, Republican senator from Louisiana, going on Meet the Press to insist that the Republican Party is it's not a cult, you guys. If this is the result of these elections, but the Republican Party still has sort of the same leadership at RNC, Ronna McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy of House Republicans, Mitch McConnell of Senate Republicans, and of course Donald Trump is sort of the, the leader out there. If there's no change there, um, do you think that's a problem for Republicans going forward? First, we're not a cult. We're not like, okay, there's one person who leads our party. If we have a sitting president, she or he will be the leader of our party. But we should be a party of ideas and principles. And that's what should lead us. And I will go back. What we've been lacking, perhaps, is that this, that, that fulsome discussion followed up with the policy initiatives that we work to pass that will define who we are. Again, we are not going to have one person anointed uh, unless she or he happens to be a sitting president. We should have a set of principles and ideas and legislative accomplishments that is our lodestar, if you will. That's where we need to go. I understand that's where you should go. How do you get the party there? Because you know how hard it is. You know the base of this party still uh, loves Donald Trump. Or do you think that this, this midterm could break that spell? You know, elections are about winning. And so if folks want to look at these election results and decide that's where you want us to continue to be, then then we're not going to do well. If people are going to look at these election results and say, hey, listen, the Republicans have established themselves, ourselves, as the anti-woke brand. We care about being anti-woke. Now let's have a series of policy initiatives that actually help people's lives get better. Being anti-woke isn't a policy position, you dumb fuck. <laughs> also, the que- it, it, it tickles me. Oh, it just gives me such great joy. When the question asked was, I, I scribbled it down as he was saying it, if there's no change there, do you think that's a problem going forward? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the answer to the question that wasn't even asked uh, well, we're not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving away the, the what's in your head in the situation when you ask you answered the question that was asked with that. Yes. What is he doing? Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, we're not a cult. What does that tell us, bro? You're a cult. <laughs> so. I think that it's important to inject a a little bit of what the Democrats had to say about all this. And Jamie Raskin went on to to give an analysis that I think is a good summary of responding to all of these Republicans and their inability to really grasp what has happened here. Working on with the January 6th committee, Um, former President Trump basically is going to defy the subpoena you issued. He's planning to announce he's running for the presidency on Tuesday. Is the prime achievement of the January 6th committee simply going to be this written report? You're not appearing to stop him from running. Well, um, in a democracy, the people have the right to the truth. And what we withstood 
was a systematic assault on democratic institutions in an attempt to overthrow a presidential election. So we have set forth the truth in a series of hearings, and we're going to set forth the truth in our final report, along with a set of legislative recommendations about what we need to do to fortify American democracy against coups, insurrections, electoral sabotage, and political violence with domestic violent extremist groups involved. So we're going to put all of that out there. Look, uh, when when I was uh, over in the Senate with the impeachment team, I told the Republicans there that this was our opportunity to deal with the problem of Donald Trump, who had committed high crimes and misdemeanors against the people of the United States, and they needed to act on behalf of the country and the Constitution. But if they didn't, he would become their problem. And at this point, Donald Trump is the problem of the Republican Party, and he may destroy their party. Can you get an election? And they had a chance to do something about yeah. it before now. Well, the, on the second impeachment, they could have done it. Yeah. I mean, going back to what Bill Cassidy was talking about, that, that the Republicans need to find principles and run on principles. Well, what are your principles? When well, all he said you, it. They're anti-woke. Yeah. All you do is follow whoever you believe has the most power and sway and ability to win elections. It's not even about what they believe right. or what their values are. That was no more apparent than with Donald Trump. And you had the chance to say what your principles were in the face of Donald Trump. And and you saw what happened to Republicans who did that. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger. You saw how they were pushed out of the party, not reelected, decided to retire and, and not run for reelection. Attacked by members of their own party. Right. Yeah. So they had the chance, but they showed us who they are and what they're willing to sacrifice in order to obtain power. And we can't we can't forget about that. Well, I mean... The overall focus here should be, among many others, but it's, we cannot forget that they are trying to systematically tear down, corrode, collapse American democracy, and by denying it time and time and time and time again, and that goes even to the part of of not conceding. Carrie mm-hmm. K- Lake, as of yet, has not conceded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mastriano didn't concede Mm -hmm. and it's a in a funny moment actually we should probably end here (laughs) in a funny moment josh shapiro the former attorney general governor elect of the commonwealth of pennsylvania was asked about this about whether or not he wants uh or if he cares whether mastriano concedes your republican opponent doug mastriano still has not conceded the race five days after cnn projected uh that you are the winner are you still waiting for a phone call? What's your message to him? <laughs> I mean, who cares if he calls, right? <laughs> that, you know, he doesn't get to pick the winner. The people pick the winner. And in a resounding way, they made clear uh, that they wanted me to lead this commonwealth forward. We had an historic win. Uh, more votes than any gubernatorial candidate in history. So I could care less if the guy calls me. What matters is the people chose me, and I look forward to getting to work for them in January. That is the kind of answer you're looking for. Who fucking cares whether he calls to concede? Yes. The people made their decision. Absolutely. He can go fucking pound sand. Yeah, and I think it's time that Democrats really start following this example and and following John Fetterman's campaign example yeah. of mocking Dr. Oz. I mean, this is... This is the way it needs to be going forward. Democrats need to not take these candidates seriously, need to treat them with with contempt. Be aggressive. <laughs> and, I mean, the, the time is now. 
the time is now. And we saw how these campaigns did when they decided to operate in that fashion, and they did well. So we need to learn those lessons. Well, in the spirit of the time is now, the time is also now for you to consider becoming a Patreon and supporting this show, helping produce what we do here. If you have been on the fence for a long time and you're thinking, ah, maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time. Go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We'd love to have you as part of the Patreon family. This month, at the end of the month, the last Saturday of the month, we will be reigniting our Patreon hangout on Zoom, and we would love to have you there. All you got to do is become a patron of the respective tier. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.